In today's episode, we have Alex. Alex is an intuitive business and money coach. Alex, are you currently traveling? Where are you based? Are you based in... I quickly went on your Instagram. Are you in Africa? Are you in Australia? Where are you? I need to update my Instagram. I'm based in Bali at the moment and I was just in Africa last week. I've just flown back to Australia. So I'm in Australia for a few weeks now before I head back to Bali. Beautiful. And how was Africa? Oh, it was amazing. I did a couple of months in Europe. So I did Spain and then Portugal. And then I had a safari with my, uh, one of my mentors in Africa. So I went down to South Africa and then I spent a couple of weeks in Cape Town afterwards since I was already down there. And wow, it's so beautiful. Have you ever been to Cape Town? No, I would I would like to. I feel like Africa would just steal my yeah. heart because of it's so rich and it's like seeing everyone from Lion King and just everything it has to offer. Um but I don't know how I would do it. Like if I would if it's safe for a solo girl to go travelling. I don't I don't know where I stand with the safety, but I know that once I'm there, the culture, the people, the animals, um It would steal my heart, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. And going somewhere like Cape Town is pretty accessible on your own, but you you just, yeah, you have to know how to be street smart, the things you can do, you can't do, but it's, yeah, an amazing place. I love it. Alex, is it correct in saying um, you was an engineer? Yes, I, I started off my career, believe it or not, as an engineer. Beautiful. And then tell me about your journey. How did the transition go from like um from when you was an engineer to now to the position that you are now yeah that's a that's a pretty big uh journey but essentially when I first started my job in engineering I knew I had to get out of it I just knew I cannot do this forever this is not me um I don't know what I'm gonna do but you know, I'm just going to stick this out for a couple of years and then I've, I've got to just work something else out. And something else interesting that happened at the start of when I started working in engineering was that I I started to discover spiritual development, personal development, connecting with myself, understanding, you know, how my past has created my patterns and that you can change all of those things. So it set me off on this big journey of self-discovery essentially. And through that journey, I started to uncover my passion for business and my desire to have a business. I actually just as a hobby, I started a raw food business while I was working full time. And that really opened my ideas, my eyes to the idea of A, having a business and B, doing something I was passionate about. And it was really through that journey that eventually it led me to coaching. Um, And initially when I started coaching, it wasn't in business and money. It was in sexuality, which I know we're going to talk a bit about today as well, because I had you know, so many blockages and felt so broken in terms of my sexuality. So it was a big area that I went on a healing journey with. And what I discovered, I just, oh, I just felt like everybody should know this. Every woman should know this. This is just crazy. The culture we live in where 
we just receive such little education and it's such a taboo topic still that it's not really openly spoken about. So initially I started with sexuality coaching for women and then it, you know, another whole story of how it naturally unfolded that I started to um, help people more and more with business and with money and, you know, that's the main part of my focus is helping people do what they love, what they're passionate about, what their purpose is, discovering what that is. But I have found the sexuality work to just be uh, such a potent and important empowerment piece for women in that journey that it's actually still a part of my work and is still a part of what I get my clients to work with and a way that, you know, they come even more into their power in every area of their life. That is so beautiful. It's, it's beautiful, like the journey and the transformation, because in it, we will shed blood, sweat and tears to be able to shed those layers and, and to become the beautiful flower that we are, right? Because sometimes we are like just shriveled and it's like all the trauma, all the obstacles, all the pain, all the ideas, society throws at us. And then it's like you have to break through to kind of like be able to blossom. Um, Alex, how was the situation with running your business um, of raw food and working full-time how did you manage that like the stress the the juggling of things yeah it was pretty tough actually uh I was making all my raw food and I was doing these raw food market stalls once a month and I remember the week leading up to be really challenging really difficult uh with how much work I had to do I remember I used to make myself these schedules and print them out on an A3 piece of paper of my morning routine huge yeah. and one of the things actually I found really helpful was to have a, a very solid morning routine and I remember at one stage at work I was having to get to work at 6 a.m. and so I I got up at 4.30 a.m. so that I could do yoga and have my meditation and just get into my morning my way um, before going to work. And I found setting up my mornings and having a solid morning routine where I connected with myself, where I had these grounding practices to be really helpful. But ultimately it was it was pretty difficult and I just had to realize what was realistic given the time that I had and just be okay with that and not think that I needed to do more than that. But yeah, it's definitely when you're working full time and you're working on your dream, don't get me wrong, like it's 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 tough. It is tough, honestly. And just yesterday I was getting a little bit of anxiety um, only because when you look at already these podcasts that have blown up, they have like eight people working yes. on their team. But when it's only you, it's like you do the editing, you need to do the content creation, you need to do the pitching. And it's like you're doing eight people's roles in one. And it's like, how, how do I even start? Alex, for the person that may not know, what is sexual energy? Yeah, so you can think of, you know, energy, energy is, uh, we're always experiencing energy. Your body is always giving off like an energy. We, you know, we, we often call it a vibe, right? We, we pick up on a vibe and sexual energy, you can think of that as the energy that you feel with turn on or sexual activation. In fact, we, you know, we, uh, 
experience sexual energy also outside of things we might typically classify as sexual. So sometimes when we have huge creative downloads, creative insights, we can still call that our sexual energy. It's our life force energy, our creative energy. Sexual energy is the energy that literally creates. It's the energy that, you know, if you put two and two together, will actually create a new life. Um, so you can feel it sometimes very viscerally in your body. And sometimes it's more of a subtle feeling, but it's this, it's essentially this creative energy, um, that we can channel through our bodies. And we, you know, when we are sexually activated, we often are feeling it in our genitals, maybe in our breasts as well, but, um, but we can actually move it through our whole body. And when we do move it through our body, you know, it's, it's an activation. It's an aliveness um, that we feel in ourselves. It's a it's a creativity. It's it's that pull to create to you know to do something with it. It propels us forward into you know things that we desire, things we want to create. So it's it's actually a little bit more broad than just. Um, feeling pleasure and feeling sexual, but you can even just think of that like tingly, tingly, alive energy in your body. Wow. Beautiful. That's so gently put. And and sometimes we're just like lost for words when, when we hear terms we don't know. And for an individual that may not know, what is sex magic? Yes. So sex magic is using your sexual energy in a creative capacity to create something that you would love that you would desire you know it's it's essentially like a manifestation practice where you're harnessing the power of your sexual energy and your your creativity your and your imagination um so oftentimes when people do manifestation practices they are just tapping into their mental faculties, right? They might be just journaling or like just using their intellect um, to apply in order to manifest the things they want. They're visualizing it. And uh, sex magic is a way of actually bringing online a lot more of our system um, to put towards our manifestations, to put towards what we want to create and to not only like send the signal out, send the message out, but also to, um, to be receptive to magnetizing things. That's one of the, you know, one of the amazing things about sex magic is the, the magnetizing factor that comes in because of the creative energy that we're um, activating and harnessing in our bodies. Beautiful. And when it comes to combining this, how can we use our sexual energy to manifest money? All right. This is a great question because there's sort of a few aspects to this. So firstly, we can use our sexual energy to magnetize money, um, in the, in the sort of purely sex magic sense. So sex magic works because we create like a, a um, hyper aroused state in our body and we use this creative life force energy within us. We circulate it and channel it to send out the signal of what it is we want to create in our lives. 
And one thing that that does is that starts attracting things to us that are going to bring us the end result we desire. So in this case, the financial abundance, money. Um, And it also, it sends a message to our subconscious mind so that our subconscious mind starts giving us the ideas that are going to also lead us to that end result. So we are an active participant in doing, and also we are receiving and attracting things to us. So in that purely sex magic sense, it's helping us do that. Another thing that self magic, uh, sex magic does though, is that it connects us to our essence and our creativity, our sense of oneness and wholeness. And when we are connected with that in ourselves, we naturally take, uh, take action that aligns with our true nature and purpose. And when we are, are really in flow with our true nature and purpose, we attract abundance into our lives. We attract money into our lives. We, you know, it's like living on purpose. And when we live on purpose, that 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 um, generates well. It helps us generate money in particular, doing the work that we love, doing what we're passionate about, doing what we're here for. Um, And then the final, like the final aspect of how it can support us to um, create more money, create more financial abundance in our lives is because we're working with the root chakra and we're activating the root chakra. And our root chakra is, um, you know, is our base chakra and it's, it's, around the material, the material world, survival, and money being a really big part of that, money being a big part of the material world, and also our sense of survival, our sense of A, being able to provide for ourselves, but also belonging, which is like our two aspects primarily of survival that we're orientated towards. So when we can help um, have the energy moving in that chakra and clearing imbalances in that chakra, uh, that also supports us to take care of things on a financial level in our lives. So it's, it's actually sort of like a few different ways um, that it can support us to create more money. Beautiful. I think, say, for example, if we have blocks, could there be delays or would we have to do, say, for example, inner work or sometimes we, I don't know, we, we hold ourselves back, we're the imposter syndrome. Could this affect the whole healing journey and the process? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, I think it's so important to do any sex magic practices alongside working with your consciousness and understanding what's going on in your consciousness, which is that inner work piece. So understanding if you've got conflicting beliefs, like beliefs that conflict with you getting that end result. For example, if you believe, um, in your ego, of course, your true self never believes this, but that you're an imposter or you're not good enough or you're not worthy, then that is going to create an interference. So you're you're still trying to um, direct your energy on an energetic level towards what you want, but you've got this block that keeps coming in. Now, you can, through sex magic practices, you can work through through some of those blocks if you sort of add that into your sex magic practice that you uncover blockages first and you help try to move those blockages but what I have found is that 
it um, it just doesn't cancel out doing the kind the I say consciousness, but you could say mindset, psychological work of understanding, yeah, what's going on on that level. And I find doing the two of those together is what's, is what's really powerful. So uncovering all of your mental and emotional blocks um, and and working with the sex magic at the same time. Like that is, that's the very powerful combination. Alice, can I ask something really silly? Say for an individual that, because there are some, so sometimes we have awareness missing, right? So it's like someone could be like, well, Alex, you know what? I'm doing it and nothing's happening. But it's like they have a block and they don't realize they have a block because they've been in the same mindset for the same thing, stuck in the same um, same circle with friends. And, and it's the whole, what would we say to that individual? Yeah. So, okay. So that's a hundred percent of people. <laughs> even if you know even if you've been working on yourself and doing personal development work like there is always layers for us to uncover of how we um hold ourselves back because like you said it's just it's it's so second nature to us like the our our limiting beliefs we developed between the ages of zero and five you know and so it's how we're always seen the world so we don't even know that it's something we're subject to until we start digging and until we start digging through those layers and we can also you know we can do some personal development to uncover broadly what what our limiting beliefs are but the thing that's really going to show you is when you go for things in life and you come up against blocks, resistance, challenges, problems, you get triggered, other people get triggered, there's conflicts. All of those things are what's going to show you what's really going on in your unconscious. So you have your your higher self is constantly trying to bring things together in your highest good. And then your unconscious is referencing your um your unconscious beliefs, the beliefs that you developed through childhood. And that's always, that's the thing that's holding you back. So if you are, if, you know, for someone that's coming up against that, that's when I would encourage um, diving into more self-awareness, but also, you know, if it's something you're not getting to just through your own, um, let's say journaling practice or self-awareness practices, um, then coaching is a really you know, is a really powerful thing to do. Like this is what I'm working with people all day, every day. Um, I have a, um, I actually have a workshop that I just run, a living from your greatness workshop that's available on my website. And that takes people through a process to, to actually start to be able to see what what's the thing that's coming up for them when there's something in particular that's blocking them. So there are deeper processes that you can do to uncover what the block is. And if you're really not finding it yourself, that's when it's just absolutely invaluable to uh, speak to a coach, seek out a coach, you know, that it's, it's just invaluable, like, you know, coaching. Amazing. <clears throat> Alex, how often should we do it? Like, so, so for the newbie, sometimes when we get to that situation and we have to focus, it can be extremely draining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or maybe that's just me yeah. because I can't focus in meditation. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, 
So how often should you do it? You know, you don't need to do it all the time. It's one of those things where I would say sort of go with the flow of your energy. Like you don't have to feel anxious that you have to keep doing it for it to work. You know, you can really just do it one or two times on a particular thing that you're manifesting or creating. But if you, but what you might find through doing a sex magic practice is that it's really getting your creative juices going. And so it might feel really in flow for you to be doing it every day, you know, for a period of time. Uh, even if you're not like really strongly bringing in a vision each time, but that you just like you really keep those creative juices going. And, and at other times, you know, I think we go through different seasons. At other times it might be more like, you know, do it once or twice um, and and then, you know, there's, there's other things that you're putting your energy towards. So I'd say there's not really a hard and fast rule. Just tune into what's feeling most alive in you right now and, you know, be, be guided by your inner wisdom. How important is it or how much of a value is it to involve our five senses? So that's just going to give you a much more potent experience of imprinting the vision if in your subconscious when you're doing a sex magic practice and to really um, just really be in the energy of it. So the five senses reality is just that when you um, activate your vision during a sex magic practice, that you be in the five senses reality of that. You you feel what you can feel in in the end result of that vision, what you can smell, what you can see, what you can hear, what you can taste to really fully be in it as you activate that energy. So it's just going to make it more and more potent. If you're, you know, if you, if you're struggling to really connect with the vision and that five senses reality, I would actually be looking at like, okay, what's going on there? You know, why are you struggling to connect with it? Because that's where you're going to find like what you were talking about earlier. You're probably going to find a block. You're going to find a part of you that doesn't believe it's possible for you or that you're worthy and there's going to be some kind of resistance. And you really need to work with that first because if there's resistance, you're going to find it very hard to actually be fully present in the sex magic practice. Amazing, yeah. And and it's not easy for the person that hasn't done it to focus on on here the five senses. It takes an element of focus. Definitely. Um how say for example I, I want to practice, mm. how do I tell my partner I want to do it? As in how do you communicate for you know because it's it's not really it's spoken about but it's not really out there like we're seeing other things right yeah yeah that's a great question and you know it might vary a bit partner to partner but something that I have learned um is a really good approach when you want to get your partner on board with a practice a sexual practice that they maybe haven't heard of, seems weird to them. They're like, why are we doing this? I don't really get it. Is if you make it, really make it something that the two of you are going to explore and uncover together. You know, like, hey, I heard about this thing and I thought it'd be cool for us to like, 
you know, find our way of doing it. And, you know, I've, I've got these, these pointers about how to go about it, but like, I'd love it to be something we can explore. I'd love it to be something we can uncover together because there's, they're seeing, you know, because sexuality is such a taboo thing, people can find it threatening or like disarming. If you just come in with, Oh, I want to do this thing. They don't know what it is. They're like, I'm not going to get it right. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to, maybe I'm not going to feel it. Maybe I'm not going to connect with it. Then I'm not going to be able to do it. And they're going to be disappointed in me. So just make it really like something playful, something you're going to explore and something you're going to explore together. That's what I would recommend. I love it, yeah, because sometimes it it just takes that element of communication, that element of reassurance for the other individual, especially if they're like, like, why, how, when, like, there's so many questions that come up. When it comes to receiving downloads and, and getting those juicy creativity, what does that look like or how do we, like, maintain it or does it look like after a session we may just jot notes or what does that look or does it vary from individual to individual? Yeah, you know what, I would say it just varies from moment to moment for anyone. You know, it's kind of like um, sometimes you have a bath and all this stuff, I don't know about you, but I now keep my phone on hand when I have a bath so that I've got my notes app and I'm ready. And sometimes- Isn't that dangerous? <laughs> I just, I've got a little towel next to me so I can dry my hands and I get out my notes app um, because sometimes, you know, the insights come thick and strong like while you're in the bath and sometimes there might be nothing, right? So what I recommend is definitely anything that comes to you during your sex magic practice, write that down straight afterwards. Uh, don't, don't like when, when genius insight, creative insight comes to you, always write it down as soon as it comes to you. Otherwise it, it usually just goes and it's gone. Um, so definitely write it down. And even if nothing came to you, particularly during the practice, I would set the space aside to write afterwards. Just write some journal prompts for yourself. Go, okay, so like, you know, what, what am I creating? What, what are, um, what are the ideas coming through just, or even just a stream of consciousness, just journaling is a perfect time to journal afterwards. So you might be experiencing downloads are coming and you just, just capture them. And if they're not just start writing and you're probably going to start receiving downloads. And I would then like just keep a pen and paper or obviously your phone handy over the next say week after the practice to get down any ideas. And the more spaciousness you give yourself, like going for a walk without listening to a podcast or driving without listening to anything, the more space you give yourself afterwards as well, the more you're going to, you know, create the the state of receptivity for the downloads to come through. Um, and, you know, and you can even set, set time aside to journal. Like, you know, you can really cultivate the space for those downloads to come through, which might come through during your practice, immediately after, but also in the days afterwards. Alex, how do you create um, space for yourself? Like you mentioned the bubble baths. Yes. Well, having a bath, I, f I find is a great way to create space. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have so many ideas in the bath. Um, 
Going for a walk without listening to anything is a really great way to create space. I find that very powerful. I can also uh, find I do a just a very short meditation in the morning of either 10 or 15 minutes where I just set the timer for 10 or 15 minutes and I focus on my breathing. And whenever I notice my mind wandering, bring it back to my breath. And what I find through that time is I often remember a bunch of things I've forgotten um, and I also have ideas come in and it's only because I created that space for it to come in. So time and stillness, just just in whatever form that is. So like having a bath or a shower is a classic example. People really often get ideas then because there's just nothing. They're not, tr- they're not trying to do anything. You know, we're so swamped in our daily lives that you've got to use every minute. You've got to cram and fill every minute. And what we all have now is this addiction to our phones with where, when you do have a spare minute, you've picked up your phone and you're on an app, you're checking an app. Um, and so you're robbing yourself of that, that stillness when, which is when the ideas are going to come through. So just creating some structured ways in your day for that to come through for you. Beautiful. How long have you been doing um, the breathing? Like, because it's extremely hard to be able to focus just when there's so many things rushing through your mind, the to-do list gets bigger and bigger, the deadlines are coming closer and closer. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what? I actually, I haven't done it consistently all this time, but I started, I'm trying to remember what it would have been. It would have been 2015 is when I started. So eight years ago. And when I first started, I struggled to do one minute, like one. And I I remember I started, it was either with one minute or two minutes. And just to even get myself to do that because of the anxiety I felt about trying to meditate for like one minute. It was so interesting. So I started and I worked my way up, and um, and I, as I said, I, it's not it's not been a consistent practice through that whole time, but it's been it's just been a, a really um, great practice of j- being okay with spaciousness, being okay with stillness, being okay with stopping. I just did not used to be okay with stopping. As I said, it it literally gave me anxiety. Um, And so when I meditate now, my mind absolutely through that 10, 15 minutes will wander, but I just keep bringing it back. And every time I let go of the thoughts and come back to my breath, I'm letting go of needing to be needing to try to control things or think about things or be involved in things and I'm being just in my wholeness and in my oneness. And it's a it's a very powerful practice for that. Wow. Good on you, girl. Good on you. Just because, yeah, I think I think I really need to do that because sometimes anxiety levels are like this. And it's like you, I can feel my back muscles just be like knots. And yeah, I definitely need to do that. Alex, I just wanted to ask a question. Today with regards to sex magic, can we use props? 
like where it'd be like toys or it'd be like anything can we get creative with it yes you you definitely can use props um i would recommend not using any vibrating toys you could but i would recommend um just any non-vibrating tools toys anything that's going to um like help you activate turn on and pleasure and stay focused and connected to your body. So I wouldn't recommend using porn because it's going to take you out of your body and out of the the vision that you're trying to bring focus and energy to. So just so any toys and tools, anything to get creative that's going to connect you to your body, connect you to your vision and connect you to your pleasure. So you might like to you know, use a meditation, definitely use music. I would highly recommend using music, using any other pleasure toys that you have through your practice um, and yeah, get creative with it. But but I would really recommend music, pleasure, any pleasure toys that you'd like to use, um, you know, and a lot of people like to use things like incense or lighting a candle, things that are going to make it feel like a real ritual space. Thank you so much for sharing that because sometimes people, sometimes when you don't know, you don't know, right? And in the world we live in, we just want to fast track everything. So it's like, okay, let me just put a cheeky video on just to fast track this whole thing and get it off. Like, you know, so it's just like by being intentional, by saying, okay, this is the process and you're going to allocate this time. We're not going to fast track it. You're not going to be distracted. You're actually going to focus on you, your breathing. And if you want to use different things, you can definitely do that. But take the time to just focus focus to vision to look at your goals to attract that money and it takes time it takes it's, it's a journey um alex what are your thoughts on um crystal wands and yoni eggs yes i i um i think they're great i have uh somehow i've ended up with two yoni eggs i have two yoni eggs um that i use and I actually, I do have one crystal wand. I've got a whole lot of glass. I think I've got like five or six glass wands. I just love the glass and that it's completely non. Are they cold? Um, I mean, if it's, if it's cold where I am, I run it under hot water to warm it up. Um, or I like put it under my thigh or something. Um, but yeah, like I love the feeling of it being completely smooth. Like there's no friction at all. It's such an amazing feeling. So personally, I prefer glass to crystal. And what I've been told about the about glass as well, if you're using a glass wand, is that glass is neutral so that you can actually program it with the qualities of whatever crystal you want. And you can either do that by just visualizing it as that crystal, or if you've got the essence of a crystal, which is not a super common thing, but I do have these crystal essences, you can drop the essence of the crystal on the glass and it will um, have those qualities for while you use it. So it's very versatile to use glass. It's non-porous um, crystal. A lot of crystals are porous. So there can be like bacteria that gets into them. Having said that, a lot of people use crystal toys with no issues. So, I mean, I don't think that's a big issue. Um, I would say like go with what you feel drawn to, but but 
but I love it over anything like plastic or silicon. Personally, I don't want to put that necessarily in my body. It depends on the quality of the brand and the toy. But even that aside, I just love the feeling of the smoothness of the glass and also the weight of it is is really awesome. I, I really like it. Heavy? Is yeah, it heavy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, girl, mm, I don't know about that if it's heavy. Um, and then when would you use a yoni egg? Yeah, so sometimes, like occasionally, I might use a yoni egg if I'm doing some kind of energy or clearing practice and I want to use the crystal to, you know, help me clear something. Um, but also uh, I use a yoni egg if I'm doing like exercises to build more presence inside my pussy. So I can learn to squeeze different muscles inside my pussy to just activate my whole pussy more and have more blood, more energy flow through it. Um, and also to be able to build more sensation as you learn to actually feel different parts. So that's another reason I use a yoni egg. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, girl. Because the, do you do a yoni steam by any chance? I haven't done one yet. I really want to do one. I haven't done one yet. I haven't found, well, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not living super centrally, but I think they are a thing in Bali. So I'm going to look again when I get back uh, because I, I definitely want to try one. Have you done one? Um, no, I just hear about it, but I don't know how, like, one girl told me, all you have to do is open up the lid of your toilet and place a towel there. But I, like knowing me, it would just be a big hot mess. So I was just like, eh, mm, well, you know, I might just, you know, at some point when the time's ready, I'll probably look it up, right? Like a place where I can go and actually do it and figure stuff out. How do you find Bali? I love it. It's beautiful. It is changing rapidly with so many people moving there there's been a massive influx and so traffic and pollution and stuff is a bit of an issue but it's a beautiful island um i love the fresh tropical food that's available there's beautiful people on bali so yeah it's a really lovely place amazing how inspiring alex if you had a billboard on the side of the highway what would it say oh my gosh what would it say do you know, it would say, feel unworthy and do it anyway. Oh, girl. Oh, my God. That gave me like goosebumps. Ah, Alex. <laughs> yes, because that's, you know, that's a big part of my message. So many people struggle with a sense of worthiness and they think they have to resolve that before they can then go for the things they want, before they can feel the pleasure they want, before they can have the relationship they want, before they can put their offers out there, go for the job they want. But that the experience of worthiness is an illusion created by your ego. You will always sometimes feel more worthy, sometimes feel less worthy. And if you can learn to not let that be a determinant of what you do or don't do, and you just do it anyway ironically you'll build more of a sense of worthiness and you know and you will be in your power so feel unworthy and do it anyway 
I love that. That's so special because sometimes we feel like we are not deserving of certain things, where it be where we came from, where it be the mindset, where it be um, our community, so many things that it's like, I remember I, I pitched to, I don't know why, but you know when you just pitch to people and then it's like, for me, a third of the time, so only a third of the people I pitch come back to me. And then I remember pitching to um, an individual that went on a very popular podcast. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to pitch to him. He's like a professor at one of the best universities in the world. Mm -hmm. And his PA actually came back to me and said, yeah, like, let's go ahead. And I, like, I kind of like froze and was like, I don't really think I'm ready. So it's like you hold yourself back yeah. from certain things. And it's like knowing feel unworthy and do it anyways even even if you haven't been to one of the top universities in the world like still put yourself forward still figure that shit out yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i i highly resonate with that out of all the courses you've taken what course would you recommend to a friend for all the courses i've taken well i mean it would be hard not for me to say one of my own courses because i've made them to be what I think is like the best, uh, the best courses. Um, so of my own courses, I would say my Unlocking Gold course because that's just such an incredible foundational program in uh, in can understanding your ego, understanding your higher self and how to live from your greatness, from your goal to create the life that you love. Um, and if I had to say someone else's course, I mean, wow, I've taken a lot of courses and a lot of really good ones. Um, but uh, the, the, I guess the, one of my mentors, so one of my mentors and my, my coach is William Whitecloud and his course create your destiny would be the other one I would recommend. Beautiful. And what is your favorite book? Favorite book. Oh, there's a lot of good books. Um, the, you know, it, I'm not a hundred percent sure it's my favorite book, but the one that just comes to me first, when you say that is the alchemist by Paulo Coelho. That's been mentioned a few times on the podcast, yeah. yeah. Um, and Alex, knowing where you are now, what advice would you give to your younger self that was in your engineering job, engineering role? It would just be just, you know, just follow your heart and and no matter, like, how off track your life looks or, you know, like, it's going the right way. No matter how much you think you should have done more, you should have achieved more, like just let all of that go. It's going the right way and you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing. Just keep doing it. Just don't, don't like forget timelines Just and just follow your heart and forget the timelines. You are whole and complete as you are right now. Like if you just just go for your heart and you know don't don't worry don't worry about when things happen. Like you're on it. You're meant for this. Just do it. 
I love that. Alex, tell me about you. Tell me about your services. Tell me about your courses and your podcast. Yes. So I, you know, I'm an intuitive, as we said at the beginning, I'm an intuitive business and money coach. I help people create the life that they love, create the freedom in their life that they that they long for, doing the work that they love. So for a lot of people that's starting their own businesses or taking their businesses to the next level or revamping their businesses to really be in alignment with their soul's gifts, with their calling, with their purpose. Um, and so I help people do that and I help them get out of their own way so that they can do that, to, to connect with what it is that they love, the vision for their life, get out of their own way and create it. And I have got a $7 ebook, which is an amazing book. I highly recommend if you've, if you've resonated with what I've shared, um, I recommend going and get getting that. It's called Make Money Want You. So that's a really great first step. Um, Yep. And it's teaching you just the principles about money that you are never taught that are going to enable you to make money doing what you love. So I've got my $7 ebook. I have a couple of courses. So I've got Money Queen is my money course. Unlocking Gold is my manifesting and um, creating course. Um, and then I have a business mastermind for women, a six-month mastermind and coaching. So you can always, you know, if you're, if you're interested in going into a mastermind or coaching with me, you can always reach out to me uh, for those things. Otherwise, starting off with my book is a great place to start. As you mentioned, I have a podcast as well that's called Money, Sex, Business and Awakening. Um, so highly recommend go check out that podcast and on social media, I'm mainly active on Instagram. So connect with me on Instagram. My handle is at alexh.co. Um, and my website, you can get to v from my Instagram. Um, but my website is go.alexisharvey.com. Yes, you go, girl. Yeah, you're doing so much. Wow. How long do you do like um, retreats as well? Do you know, I, I ran a retreat. Actually, it was like the month before COVID hit in Australia. And I, I haven't run another one since, but I do plan to run one. I love I loved running that retreat so much and I have people in my audience that keep asking me to run a retreat again. So I will most likely be starting retreats again next year in Bali. I love that. Alex, I just wanted to say a big, a great big massive thank you. Thank you for taking the time to come on Gentle Touch and share your magic, your wisdom, experience and knowledge and thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you so much, girl. Thank you, Aleandra. And yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for all of your wonderful, insightful questions. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, you're super sweet.